You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Episode of What Comes Next, Cinema Geekly's NXT Companion Podcast. It's Anthony and Jacqueline back talking more NXT. Hello, Jacqueline. How are you doing this week? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Uh, as we were discussing prior to recording, my week has been a bit of a mess. But uh, I'll tell you what, the uh, watching this NXT, is it's helped a little bit. Yes. Uh, Let's put you on a schedule. <laughs> yes. It helps me remember what day it is sometimes. Uh, there you go. So I'm, I'm a little torn. They did some stuff. This is uh, episode 470. Yes. Uh, the first thing on this week's NXT they did uh, started us on the path to maybe making some sense from yes. last week's finish of mm-hmm. the main event. So the show opens for the first time in a while without a match. Right. Uh, we, uh, Mr. Steven Regal came out to address the audience and, uh, nearing the, uh, he said he was nearing the end of his investigation. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't imagine what he has found so far. It seems that, uh, the end of his investigation will conclude that he has no idea who did it. Huh. Uh, maybe. But before he, and then the person will reveal themselves. Sorry. That's right. Uh, before he could elaborate on anything, Undisputed Era interrupted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, they came out in an attempt to try to, I guess, intimidate, uh, Regal. Uh, they complained about the War Raiders jumping them. Cole was trying to shake him down to obtain his rematch with Ricochet for the North American Championship. And this is when Regal started telling us, the audience, apparently what the goal was, uh the story behind the end of last week's match, uh, in which he claims that Adam Cole only wanted Pete Dunn to soften up Ricochet. So this way he'd be in uh, a walk in the park, uh, for Adam Cole. He, he would have been beaten so badly by Pete Dunn that now Adam Cole wants to swoop in and get his title match, uh, against a battered Ricochet, uh, in an attempt to easily win his championship back. Uh, which Adam Cole uh, denies. Uh, Regal uh, notes that uh, Cole will get his rematch against Ricochet, but it'll be in two weeks, and it'll also be against Pete Dunne, who was unfairly disqualified. So, of course, Adam Cole has unwittingly placed himself in a very tough situation. As a classic bad guy is a dummy, and his tactics blow up in his face. Yeah, Uh, he looked real shocked. He was not pleased with this. And they and Regal also noted that in three weeks, uh, 
Cole, uh, not Cole, but uh, Strong and O'Reilly will defend the tag team titles against War Raiders. Uh, they were all very, very upset about all of this. The only issue I take with this is I get that Adam Cole is supposed to be the dummy whose plan blows yes. up in his face. But if his plan was to have Pete Dunn soften up Ricochet, he could right, have done right. that by not stopping the match and allowing Pete Dunn to continue to beat on Ricochet, possibly right. even winning the title. I well, that I think that's it. He didn't want he didn't want to have to face Pete Dunn. Mm. I think that's where it's coming. He's like Pete Dunn, scary. Perhaps. Pete... And, so, and yeah. if you read into it a bit more. Maybe if Pete Dunne wins, then Ricochet would be granted a rematch, and then he might find himself in a three-way anyway. So maybe he thought this way, maybe uh, old man Regal won't notice his uh, his plan. But <laughs> they didn't really elaborate on that. We're kind of making up our own story in our head with the yes. with this. But it's it's not that far of a leap to make the presumption that maybe that's what was going on in the character's mind. I, I'm not super happy, but I can say that it's okay enough that I can overlook it and move forward. It's not like a, this isn't yeah. one of those brain breaking, uh, like leaps of logic that makes absolutely no sense. You can <laughs> kind of make this make a little bit of sense. Like we knew this was gonna come. Like this was the this was the obvious outcome of the of last week's episode. So yeah. it wasn't super shocking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just excited. I'm more excited for the tag team match and that the War Raiders are going to actually um, go against um, O'Reilly and Strong. Mm-hmm. I think that I'm more excited for that because I want to see them hurt them. Yes, that will be I'll lots of them. fun. Yes, yes. So. Uh, I can't wait to see that one. (laughs) Uh, Backstage, Johnny Gargano found himself talking with the press outside of the building at Full Sail. Uh, Johnny was apologetic for losing himself recently. He wants to be Johnny Wrestling again. Um, Even then, there was a a twinge of heelishness in his statement. You can kind of... It kind of feels like he's not quite there. But... Uh, before anything else can come of this, Johnny is joined by his wife, Candace, uh, when she is confronted out of the blue by Lacey Evans. This never fails, by the way, to make me laugh because Lacey is dressed like a pinup model from the 50s. Yes. And she looks so out of place. <laughs> and she just appears from nowhere like some sort of giant ninja from the 50s. <laughs> like, it's Her unmistakable. Next- her next character move is going to be a time traveler. It's just, it's always so silly that she walks. Uh, I mean, it, it reminds, it, it almost harkens back to the days of the early nineties where, uh, every wrestler had to, apparently wrestlers, uh, were so poor that they had to have second jobs. There was a wrestler who was a plumber and a wrestler who was a hockey player and a wrestler who was a garbage man. <laughs> And it would be just as weird as seeing, like, Doink the Clown walking out in public. <laughs> just a man in clown makeup and tights just walking around outside in the broad daylight. It just seemed weird. Uh, but she started talking to Candace in a way that I think would be a much... I don't think that they would really go this route full tilt, but it felt to me 
at least in this promo, and I know it feels like she's it feels like sometimes she's doing four or five different characters. But yep, yep. here it felt like she was doing uh ultra conservative wife. It kind of felt like she was doing like she's saying she isn't supportive enough of her man and that she should be standing by his side. And lately she's been doing this thing where she's on Twitter where she's posting like recipes and talking about how much she loves to cook for her husband and things like that, which in and of themselves are not, nobody should get the idea that these are bad things that people like to do good things for the people that they love. But I think she's trying to play into this idea that like 1950s housewife. Yes. I feel like she might be, you know, Huh. A woman who voted for Donald Trump. Let's say that. No! <laughs> I don't think that they would go quite that far. But no. that's the kind of oh. vibe I was getting, right? Like, Yeah, but this I, yeah, this character, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're just trying to figure out where she fits. And it's like nothing's working. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because last week we saw, or when was it? Two weeks ago when we saw her with... Um, those other two girls. Aaliyah. I can't remember anyone's name. Yeah, yes. the tag match where she teamed with Aaliyah against Dakota Kai and yeah. Deanna Prazo. Yeah. Right, but the week before they showed you that promo and they yes. were in like the student lounge, whatever. God, I hated that, but yes. And I'm like, why is she just popping up all over the place starting trouble with everyone? Like, just pick one person for a little while. Let yeah. her like be a bad person to one person. <laughs> you know, like, oh, she's tear like them a, up. <laughs> yeah, she's a human. She's a human Twitter account that just pops up in your conversations to, like, just blast on you about how you're doing things wrong. Ah, uh, she is frustrating. And, like, no, I don't, you know, I don't understand. You know, it's crazy. Uh, they could have very easily gone in a different route because she, they've mentioned many times that she was a Marine. And not just a Marine, but a drill sergeant in the Marines. Like, she could have been, like, some sort of badass military type character like in real life yeah she was a real life marine drill sergeant what the hell are they doing i I know i mean i think it's because she's got this look and she can totally she does pull off that look like she does look like somebody from that time but they do not know how to write it no they do not (laughs) i'm not even going to pretend to i mean i have no idea how you would write it either um maybe as somebody maybe as somebody who isn't really from that time, but somebody who thinks those were better days. Yeah. Or it's real easy. You have a whole lot of people in like that rockabilly, like, like fifties era resurgence type, mm-hmm. type stuff. People who like swing dance. Like, Oh my goodness. There's a spot for her in modern day stuff too. Like she, we don't have to go back to the fifties. She can come out to zoot suit riot. Uh, that'd be awesome. Yes! Oh my God. I want that so badly. <laughs> Well, we're we, not just, gonna... we just wrote a better character. <laughs> um, Kathy Kelly tries to interview Velveteen Dream during a photo shoot backstage. Dream, of course, dismissive. Uh, he said he'd mm-hmm. rather not talk about Johnny Failure, Tommaso Ciampa, or Alistair Black. Kelly mm-hmm. pressed him for more information on the Black attack. Dream insinuated that Ciampa was the culprit, but as we all know now, the Dream is not a snitch. So she'll That's have to true. do her... Uh, Kathy will have to do her research. Even though she's not a journalist, Velveteen yep. Dream, she is simply just a backstage interviewer. But um, yeah. that is what we are led to believe. The Dream is not a snitch. He's not saying it was Champa, but it was Champa. Yeah, yeah. Which means it probably was not Champa. Was not. 
Yes. What if it's the dream? Oh, no. Maybe. I mean, look, they do have a very long history between Dream and Aleister Black. In fact, that was Velveteen Dream's first real feud in NXT was trying to get Aleister Black to acknowledge his existence and say his name. Right. Uh, which was a great storyline. Uh, sounds uh, In which Velveteen Dream actually lost, but Aleister Black had gained enough respect that he did speak his name aloud after the match. Which was uh, like a win for Velveteen Dream. He who shall not be named. Oh. That's right. <laughs> uh, they showed a video for Lars Sullivan hyping his in the very near future killing of Victor Orchant. Uh, let me say something. Well, he, there was no winner. Well, I guess Lars Sullivan won by disqualification in this match. There's really nothing that stood out. Uh, the match ended when EC3 ran in to attack, uh, Sullivan for a DQ. Yep. I don't know if this, I don't know if this stuck out to you. Well, go ahead. I no. want, I want to hear what you have to say. Cause then I'll, I'll mention oh. the thing that stuck out most to me. I was going to say, this was just like the other match that Lars Sullivan had that we talked about maybe yeah. the week before. It's yeah. the same exact thing. Yeah. I don't care. Also, I hate EC3. Oh, I can't wait. Well, next week, Lars Sullivan and EC3 is the main event. So That's true. Uh, We're real upset about it. <laughs> I'm, I, I want to hold off at least one more week to get full thoughts on EC3 because I also have fine. thoughts about him as well. Oh, fine. I'll, hold, I'll reserve my anger. <laughs> uh, here's the thing that stuck out most to me in this match Victor Orchant he stuck out mm-hmm. to me and you want to know why? why? because I looked at his gear and on his gear it did not say Victor it did not say <laughs> Orchant it did not say V-O it said Walker because yeah. Victor Orchant is not Victor Orchant Victor Orchant <laughs> is former indi- or is a independent wrestler named Vordell Walker. And apparently they did not want to use the name Vordell Walker. And he also did not have any extra plain gear that he could wear that did not have his name on it. So they look really (laughs) dumb. Like, Oh, maybe, maybe his, maybe his character is that he's a, a Walker from the walking dead. Perhaps he's a zombie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, A former human, now zombie, whose name in a past life was Victor Orchant. But I don't think that that's what his character was here. I think this is just a guy who did not bother to get different gear if they were going to yep. use a different name. And that really <laughs> stuck out to me. And it's all I could look at in this match. I guess I wasn't paying attention <laughs> that closely. <laughs> this is why you pay attention to this stuff, because you never know the weird things now that I will know. stick out. Now you'll... <laughs> Yeah, I spent this whole match looking at this man's butt, trying to figure out why it said <laughs> Walker when they kept calling him Victor Orchant. Mm. Yep, they're both pretty horrible names. <laughs> they are both. Yeah, <laughs> Lars Sullivan. I mean, I, I think I'd like him better if his name was just Lars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lars Sullivan makes him sound like a like a Danish accountant or something. Maybe. <laughs> like I don't. You know. Go ahead. I don't know why they all have last names. Like, you almost don't need them. Um, well, I, I don't mind last names so much. What I what I find funny about it is uh, there's been this habit in years past of people having names, full names, and then when they go to WWE yeah. main roster, they lose a part of their name. I don't know if you're aware of this phenomenon. I'm not. Cesaro was 
Antonio Cesaro. Oh, I did not know that. I know he was the Swedish Superman before becoming the Swedish Cyborg. That's, That's right. That's all I got. <laughs> Rusev was Alexander Rusev. Yeah, he deserved to have his name shortened. Apollo Cruz was always Apollo Cruz until I guess a few weeks ago, and now he's just Apollo. Apollo. The Greek god. I was gonna say, oh man, I was just gonna say he has a golden chariot. <laughs> See, well, he doesn't have. I don't think he has one here, but he should come out on one yeah. if he really wants he to live it up. He should. But yeah, this is um, uh, hmm. Neville uh, was Adrian. Longbottom. No, uh, Neville was a really great cruiserweight guy, uh, and uh, who recently resurfaced after leaving WWE earlier in the year. But uh, he was hmm. Adrian Neville, which, by the way, is an objectively. I mean, I. I know you and I were kind of talking off air about objective and subjective things. And I know yeah. it's wrong to say that Adrian Neville is objectively a terrible wrestling name. Cause technically there's probably somebody out there who thinks it's a good name, but I've never met anybody who thought Adrian Neville. Adrian wasn't Neville. Good. Yeah. You want to have, you know, some amount of like fear behind your name. Something. Or something. Pizzazz. Yeah. Zach Pizzazz. <laughs> Zach possessed. I like it. Um, none of that happened. Uh, okay, let's go back to the show here. Uh, yes. Mr. Regal headed, uh, was heading into his office when he was stopped for an interview about the ongoing investigation when Nikki Cross was walking out of his office, presumably looking for Mr. Regal. And mm -hmm. she says that she wants to play again with Bianca Belair. And then Cross maniacally kept repeating, I know, I know, as she wandered away. Regal questioned her sanity, which is not really doing it justice. He basically talked about how Nikki will tell you about, like, Bigfoot and, like, mm -hmm. the Loch Ness Monster. Only Nikki knows what she knows. But I think the implication here is that because of her rooftop perch, weirdly enough, at the time of the Aleister Black incident... <laughs> <laughs> You're cracking up just thinking about it. Like it's so just, funny. She just hangs out on the roof. Because like, she's crazy, yeah. Jacqueline. That's why. Yes. That's she what is. crazy people do. They hang out on rooftops. <laughs> I think it's. I think you can find any medical journal that will back up that statement. Yes. Uh, she, so the implication here being she saw what happened. So she does yes. know she's just nuts. So getting her to actually say what she saw is the trick. I wonder if they're going to put her through some, like, quote-unquote mem memory therapy and her character's oh, no. going to change. Oh, no, my no, God. like, her character's going to change and she's going to become, like, not insane. I'm just picturing them, like, doing, like, her laying down on a couch while they hypnotize her. Yeah. <laughs> they have to, like, tranquilize her during a match in order to be able to, yep. like, take her to the back. Yeah, and then she and Lacey Evans are partner up and dress in like the 1950s garb i'm oh telling my you goodness this is where it's headed <laughs> um a pleasant surprise we got the mighty taking on the yeah. street profits uh i'll tell you why i like this match in a lot of ways but first things first uh the match ends with uh shane thorn pinning montez ford with a bridging figure four uh yeah. The the whole thing here is that I think the idea is that the mighty got into the head of the street prophets mm -hmm. and thus were able to uh, to wrestle away a win. But the thing I like, there's a lot of things I liked about this. Number one, I thought Montez Ford looked amazing in this match. 
yes. he he did this flip dive like right at the beginning of the match, and he went like halfway up the ramp. He leapt so far. Yeah, and landed on his feet. That was really cool. <laughs> and landed on his feet. Um, this is the thing that they did a thing here. It's a little thing. This is one of the things that, for me as a longtime wrestling fan, these are the things that really drive my attention and watching stuff. And a lot of the times, it's just the little things. Things don't things that people don't think about. In some cases, this would be something I think that most people would think would be common sense. But if you watch enough main roster WWE, you'd know that part of the show is their entrance. And it does not matter who they're feuding with, what's happened in their story. It doesn't matter if they're injured or if they're really mad or if they're in a blood feud. AJ Styles is always going to come out and he's going to do his hood flip and his thing. And Finn's always going to do his arm raising thing because that's his entrance. Signature. Yeah. And people, I think they think if wrestlers don't do that, that they're somehow taking something away from fans. The street profits have an entrance yes. and they're happy and they're dancing and they're Montez has got his cup. Well, as we all know, the street the Street Profits had their chain stolen. What I did not realize mm-hmm. is that they also apparently stole Montez's cup. solo cup, which yes. you'd think would be replaceable, but I guess this is one of those one-of-a-kind solo cups. Yeah, uh, no, you can you can buy those in packages, but that's fine. Don't tell Montez that. I think <laughs> okay. he thinks this okay. one's special. It's uh, a secret. <laughs> but the Mighty had taken them. And yes. they just, and it sounds silly, but then they justified in a promo why Mm -hmm. it meant something to them. It was a symbol of their struggle. And this stuff Mm -hmm. was stolen from them. And when when their happy-go-lucky music hit, their dance party music hit, these guys came out, there was no dancing. There was no happy, smiling faces. These guys were mad. They wanted to fight these dudes, and they wanted to get their stuff back. Right, because that's real life. Yeah, you wouldn't be like, they wouldn't come out (laughs) dancing and all happy when these guys have like wronged them in such a way that they feel the need to take revenge. They'll celebrate once they get their stuff back. And the whole story here was that they were so mad that the Mighty had gotten into their head. They made some mistakes and the Mighty ended up winning. This was a good match and it told a good wrestling story. I liked it. I agree. I agree. I love the Street Profits, so... Yes. Um, anytime they're on screen, I think it's a good match. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds it sounds silly to be like they're mad over their chains being stolen, but they sell it enough that you're like, I, I kind of wanted to see them punch these dudes in the face and get their chains back. Yes. I, like, when the match first started and... Um, was it Angelo Dawkins who hit, who just like slapped the guy from the? <laughs> yes, it was Shane Thorne who had the chains, and he goes bling bling, yeah. and Angelo <laughs> just punches him in the face, no emotion on his face or anything. He just punches was, him and drops him. It was perfect. I'm like, that's what you do. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> he was very smug and idiotic and left himself open for a punch, and Angelo punched him in the face. Yes, because uh, that's was, how they do. Yeah, this was the best I've seen the Street Profits. Uh, I mean, I know they can't wrestle like this all the time because they're much more party-like and happy-go-lucky, but this suited them a little bit. It worked, which means I don't think it should be a permanent change, but I think it should be something that they can do from time to time when it's called for. 
Yes. And it works. It showed, it showed range, if you will. <laughs> yeah. It sounds weird to say this about wrestling, but in in terms of wrestling, that's range. Yes. <laughs> wrestling is very simple stories. Yes. Very uh, one-dimensional. <laughs> yeah. The fun is in the fake sporting aspect of it, like how anyone would get excited watching anyone's favorite team. Sports tell very simple stories, too. The team with the most points at the end wins. End of that story. Um, right. It's the same way. It's just unlike other sports or combat sports, even they can control the narrative, which sometimes makes it frustrating when they do bad jobs because <laughs> it's like you right. can control it. You can make it good. And sometimes yes. they, they don't. <laughs> but uh, up next, we had uh, Kyrie Sane taking on Vanessa Bourne. Uh, again, this was a kind of a, a tune-up, a little bit, uh, a little bit of a higher up tune-up than Kyrie's previous yeah. match, which was against a nobody. Vanessa is contracted to NXT, right? Um, she's not great, and Kyrie kind of beat her relatively easily. Yes. Uh, this uh, after her victory, she did her adorable pirate dance, which was cut off by Shanna Baszler, who. Uh, continues to anger me uh Kyrie's dance has the monster walk in it i mean it's just rude yes. you don't interrupt a monster walk yes you do but she did yes. <laughs> but she did it here yes. uh and one of shana's favorite things to do is uh teasingly drop boating puns on Kyrie, telling her <laughs> she's gonna drop anchor on her title reign uh and things like that and uh she wants her rematch, and Kyrie announced that they will have their rematch at the Women's Evolution event, which yes. the crowd was pleasantly uh, okay with. Yes. Usually wrestling fans boo when they learn they're not going to get the title match on their specific show, or this won't even be on an NXT show, it will be on the all-women's show, in which all of the women's titles will be defended, including those from NXT. So, uh, well, and I think it's a big enough deal. The, the women's only pay-per-view that mm -hmm. people should be okay with it. Yeah. That's my own personal opinion on that one. No, I, I agree. <laughs> it's a good place. It's a, it's a good place to do it because I feel like there, the next takeover is not going to be until November. And right. I, this is just a prediction and we'll, we'll cover predictions and stuff like that when we get to big events but yes and this probably will not make you happy Jacqueline but I predict that Kyrie will win this match and, and then they'll fight again at takeover and Shayna will win actually no I think the November Damn takeover it. I think they're gonna do Kyrie and Bianca for November I that's where I feel like they're headed I feel like oh, they're man they're all in on but Bianca tell me but come on, Shayna and Bianca would be a much better matchup. I don't know. You know I'm right. Look, I'm excited. I'm excited if they do yes. um, Bianca and Kyrie. They wrestled in the Mae Young Classic last year when Bianca was right. nowhere near as good as she is now. And mm -hmm. she was very good in that match and looked incredible. Uh I wouldn't mind seeing the much improved Bianca in a match with Kyrie. I kind of want to see Bianca versus everybody. That's uh, fair. I I get that. I'm not the only reason I'm saying I think they do something with Shayna or Shayna doesn't win here is 
uh, we talked about it before. She's a little bit older than most uh, wrestlers when they get in. Right. And I think, obviously, because of her link with Ronda Rousey, I think they want to move her up as quickly as possible to do stuff there. I... I'd be hesitant uh, yeah. to put. I'd be hesitant to put them together. I think they have a much better story with them as rivals. Oh, uh, that would be cool. They're training partners. They know each other really good. But uh, Shayna worked really hard. She went on to the Indies. She went to Japan. And she had to work oh. her way up through NXT. But her friend Ronda got signed to the main roster deal and uh, had a championship match in her second match and won the title in her third match. Uh, you know, they could definitely do an easy story there about how uh, Shayna cool. had to work hard and Rhonda didn't have to work hard at all. That I, would be a fun story. I think I think you could do something there. I don't know if they're going to do that. That right. sounds like it would make a lot of sense, so I'm going to just say they probably won't <laughs> do that. <laughs> but <clears throat> I don't know. It's Although, I will say, I am excited because both Shayna and Kyrie have had these, like, throwaway matches with these... Um, you know, people you don't really know their names, so like, mm-hmm. yeah, of course they're gonna because, like, I just want to see them fight people who are like named people, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. someone whose name you know, and if it can't be each other, then it has to be someone. Else. But like, you gotta stop throwing like these throwaway people at them. Not throwaway people, but like these throwaway matches. I you mean, know. like on the weekly shows? Yeah. Yeah. So like, they, I mean, I understand why they do this. This is. Most, I mean, because it's a very old school approach that you save yeah. the big star versus the big star for a big show. Although they've been doing better. They actually did hit a rut maybe a year or two ago where they weren't doing anything of importance. And now they've kind of started doing, you'll get at least one match on every show. You've got like a star versus a star or sometimes you'll get, oh, sometimes you'll get two. Um, I know why they don't do that all the time because you're there's a concern like right. on the main roster you get a lot of burnout. You feel like you've seen the same people wrestle each other a bazillion times and they don't do matches that's... yeah, they don't do matches like this on the main roster. I guess that's fair. Which is a place that they but... could probably do that they could probably use that quite a bit up there with doing five hours of programming each week. You're bound oh, to just that's... run out of matchups. Yeah. Yeah. But but so I'm excited to I will probably try and watch them at the um, at the Evolution pay per view. Yeah, I'm gonna what... I'm gonna watch that too out of curiosity. I'm I'm more curious yeah. to see how it's gonna how it's gonna do top to bottom as like a show. I mean, look, I I know that there's at least right now I know there's two matches that I know that I know are gonna be good matches. Um, hmm. one is this one with Kyrie and Shayna. Okay. Um, Fair. they've wrestled three times and all of their matches have been good. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that one will be good. And, uh, the other match is the finals of the Mae Young classic, which, uh, oh, yeah. I got spoiled on by accident. So I know what they are and I know that will be a very good match. And That'll be cool. That's the two matches I'm most excited about are not main roster matches, but I'm not a big main roster fan, so I'm not looking forward to Alexa and Trish. Um, I'm not looking forward to, I presume it's still going to be Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella. I'm not looking forward to that. They haven't announced that yet, but 
Mm. I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing, and I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, don't know if there's been anything else announced for it, but um, I will be curious to see, like the from top to bottom, how it ends up panning out as a show. I mean, yeah, I'm hoping but... for the best. I want it to do good, but yes, we'll see. Yes. Oh. We'll uh, backstage, uh, Keith Lee. I don't know what they're doing with Keith Lee here because he says something that sounds on its face very cocky and heel like. He said mm-hmm. that he's been on NXT TV twice now and he's two and zero. And he feels like now's the time for a title match. He's had right. two matches and he's won them. Now it's title match time, which on its face feels a little cocky and heel like. Yeah, a little premature. But I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's not what they're doing because he runs into Kona Reeves, who is getting Gross. his hair did. Ugh. And uh, Kona tries to mock Keith Lee. And Keith Lee goes, oh, yeah, I remember. You're the you're the finest. You're the man with the finest set of losses in NXT. <laughs> a solid burn from Keith Lee. Um, Reeves makes some condescending remarks and uh, fakes him out on a handshake. Uh, they are seemingly on a collision course for a match. The thing that I liked most about this segment, Jacqueline, is uh, Reeves' hairdresser. She had the best line on the whole thing, where Reeves goes, can you believe this guy? And she's working on his hair, and she just goes, mm-mm. She was awesome. I hope she becomes Kona Reeves' manager going forward. Hopefully. She was I awesome. I Kona... Go ahead. It just like... I don't know. He reminds me of, like, it looks like he walked off of the sketch, The Californians. Okay. And it that just bothers me. <laughs> like, I can't explain it. But I'm like, uh, just don't speak. Shh. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't like him. <laughs> Here's the thing about me that's always hit me about Kona Reeves. Um, he seems like a lovely, happy-go-lucky, fun-loving Hawaiian guy who is right. pretending really hard to be the bad guy, the <laughs> finest Kona Reeves. Like, Maybe that's why I don't like him, because I just don't buy it. it. Yeah, it does not feel legitimate to me. And it doesn't help that the first few times he came out, it looked like he was not trying very hard with his gear choices. Uh, he did not look like a man who was wearing the finest of anything. In fact, it felt like, I think I mentioned it before, that I thought his character was that he wanted the finest things. He didn't have them. Oh yeah, he just wants to he someday wants. achieve them. <laughs> he's that. He should just Macklemore it and be a thrift store guy. Like, yeah, he's that. He's that old. Uh, that old saying about I, I can't remember what it is about the poor that they don't think of themselves as poor; they think of themselves as temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Jeez, oh, uh, that's what. And now uh, there, uh, there is no it's not all poor, not all poor people are like that. Obviously, but like the idea that. Someday, you know, just I have to hit the right break and I'll be a millionaire, that guy. Gotcha. Uh, and that's what Reeves' character felt like to me, was like, I'm not a millionaire right now, but someday if uh, Lady Luck goes my way, I'll be one. I'm only temporary, temporarily uh, embarrassed. Uh, yeah, so he didn't okay. feel legit to me either. But No. Uh, Keith Lee, I'm still not exactly sure what they're doing with him character-wise. A lot of him... It makes it feel like they're cocky and arrogant um, because his nickname is Limitless. and I. But I know that's because 
he's not limited by his size. It's talking about his athletics, uh, his agility and things like that. Right. Uh, but his other catchphrase is bask in my glory, which is not something most humble good people say. <laughs> Maybe it's a case oh. of he's very confident, but he can back it up, that sort of thing. Maybe. But sometimes those people can also be annoying. Um, I know a lot yeah. of people who are uh, they're very confident in themselves and they back it up, but somehow that makes them annoying. Um, yes, because they're still... They're still arrogant, yes. Yeah. Do you have any opinions on Keith Lee, or have you not seen enough yet? I haven't seen enough yet. I don't really I don't really know much of him. Yeah. I mean, as far as NXT goes, me either. Most of what I know of Keith Lee comes from what he's done before this. So um, how he goes forward in NXT kind of remains to be seen. Uh, main event. Yeah. You're really looking forward to this. NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa, Otis Dozovich. Uh, non-title match. I'm pretty sure, Jacqueline, you knew going into this that Otis was not going to win. I did. But, mm -hmm. uh, and, and mm -hmm. much like you, I was expecting the same thing. What I did not expect was for how good a showing he had here. Yes! Like, he, he did great. so well. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, athletic and... I mean, I just thought, I mean, they played off of each other really well. I thought that's mm -hmm. great. It was so enjoyable. Yeah. One thing that you will be fooled by if you look at Otis that you won't think is uh, great cardio. But he does. Yes. This guy, I would have been huffing and puffing. I would have been in a corner, <laughs> crumpled in a ball. This man was just going and going and going. It's deceptive to look at him, but he's got in-ring cardio. Like, he can he does. really go for a long time without getting tired. And they had a really good match, which mostly, surprisingly, consisted of Otis just throwing Ciampa here, there, and everywhere. It was fantastic. My favorite part, too, was when Tucker came out. Oh, and yes. Like, Ciampa was going to run away from Otis. Yes. And Tucker came out. And, like, I mean, this just solidified their, like, good guy status. And all he did was point and walk down the ring so Chapa had no choice but to walk but he never interfered and I was like those are good people yes <laughs> he's letting his friend like go at this for himself <laughs> he wanted Otis to have a legit shot and yeah. now while Otis would have won the match by count out had Chapa just left he knew that his yeah. buddy had a real shot at pinning this jerk so right. he made sure Chapa went back in there and acted honorably unfortunately for Otis, luck kind of went against him here as he had tossed Ciampa out onto the apron and Otis went after him and Ciampa grabbed him and gave him a uh, a hanging DDT onto the apron. And by the way, there's some still shots of this that came out. Uh, we the uh -huh. camera the camera caught it from behind, so we saw Ciampa's back. But there is a still photo that WWE released from the opposite corner, and you can see just how awkwardly Otis's head collided with the. Uh, apron of the ring, and it looks really painful. Uh, oh, no. Somehow, this giant ball of a human managed to shrug this off and tried to get back into the ring, and Ciampa grabbed him and gave him another hanging DDT and managed to pin him and escaped with his life. Uh, but the story of the match really was uh, the, the showing by uh, Otis in this match. It was yeah. a really, really good match. I was really happy with it. Was I was too. It was a really, really. It was so entertaining. It was so well done. Um, and you know, everyone kind of thought, "Oh, it's 
going to be like, you know, funny or fast. And it's uh, yeah, it a long match. <laughs> yeah, they went, they went 15 or, uh, I don't think they went 20, but, you know, they went in that range, yeah. that 15 minute range. I too thought it was going to be a lot of comedy. There was no comedy in this, unless you count no. Otis doing the worm, which uh, they call the caterpillar. caterpillar. Yes. Yep. Uh, so if you count that as comedy, which it kind of was because he just did it for no reason, but that's kind of Otis. That's what he does. Yeah. Yeah, It's like a taunt for him. And I think that, um, Champa further solidified his best acting and wrestling skills, um, by how shocked he was at how well this all was doing. Like his face, I, I bought that. He was like, Oh, I wasn't expecting this. (laughs) Yeah. This is just a tag team guy. Yeah. He's a walking ball. He? He's kind of a joke. He's so weird. I'll beat him easily. And he had his hands full yep. with this big he, guy. This was not an easy match for Champa. No, it was not. Yeah. Uh, all right. We it. got a couple questions that we'll touch on. Before we do that real quick, thank you to the good people over at Adam Tickets for sponsoring the show. Cinemageekly.com slash Adam Tickets or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page to get some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. Now, with that being said... Uh, cinemageekly at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, we're just going to keep throwing it out as long as people are going to keep sending questions. Yes, send your questions. Uh, by the way, you can do this for like any of the shows if you really want to. Like <laughs> Some of my favorite Cinema Geekly podcasts ever were when we had mailbag episodes. Those were fun. Oh, yeah. People, I guess people have just stopped having questions about movies, but mm. people have... Well, fun- the internet is... <laughs> well, wrestling fans apparently always have questions about wrestling, so... That's true. Um, question number one. This is from uh, Gemma, who last week was the NXT recent, the one who just started watching last month. Oh, okay. Yeah. She has more questions. Um, she actually, Great. in the email, she said she had more than one question, but she didn't want to send me, like, a lot of questions. So okay, I, so, I said so you can just... space them out. I love it. Yeah, space them out. <laughs> taper it off. That'll give us... More things to talk about. Uh, she wants to know uh, who you think has the best attire slash costume. By the way, I love that she called it a costume because nobody yes. calls it that. Every every wrestler calls it their gear. Their gear. But it really is a costume. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's part of because it's part of who they are, like who their character is. So I'm yeah. just going to go ahead and pretend that this is not NXT centric. Like it can cover anybody. Okay. It can cover anybody. Perfect, because that was my next question. So, um, NXT was, mm. it is for sure Velveteen Dream. Yeah, like, he's always got, I mean, he doesn't have a static look. No. But no, no. he always has something creative to wear. Right, because he has the tie-dye, he has the sunglasses, he has, I mean, like, he's definitely your fashion-forward person. I love him. <laughs> yeah, he will do, they... Uh, he seems to do gear with themes attached to them. Uh, he had a match against Cassius Ono, who's a knockout artist, so he came out in boxing shorts for that match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had uh, a match with uh, Ricochet, where he wore... Uh, Ricochet worked for another company where he played a masked character. called. Okay. He played a masked character called Prince Puma. And Ricochet uh, had this match with Velveteen Dream, and Velveteen wore Prince Puma's tights, which very few people would have noticed, (laughs) except for super nerds. 
But it's like, those are one of those small details. Sometimes he'll have airbrushed tights with like his opponent's faces on them. Yep. Yep. Things like that. And I'm telling you, he pulls off fringe leggings like no one else. He's fantastic. So I think he's, I think he might be the most fashionable wrestler there is. (laughs) Um, but not NXT. If we're going to go to main roster, I really love Becky Lynch's look. Um, the like with the with the the jacket that she comes out in. Are we talking everything. like? Are we talking like that. zip up bodysuit Becky Lynch that she's got rocking right now? No, I'm talking about her the coat that she walks that she used to walk uh, out in. I haven't yeah. seen. You know what I mean? She has that big long like trench coat looking thing that mm-hmm. looks super like old school Irish. I love it. Yes. So, yeah. That's. That would be a second um, favorite. I've got a weird pick because I don't really think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I have one that I really like a lot. Like I like the look of, and it's only for okay. en- it's only for an entrance attire. And this is not somebody who's in NXT or WWE, so you'd have okay. to, you'd have to go look at uh, look it up, but. Um, and it's always on some variation of this. It differs every now and again, but it's always some variation of this. Uh, it's this character in uh, New Japan called the villain Marty Skrull. He's an English wrestler. Uh, okay. And he has, number one, I like that his nickname is just the villain. I love it. Spells it out, uh, black and white. Uh He's got some sort of weird mixture of his gear. Part of it is that he wears um, a Plague Doctor mask, if you're aware of what that is. No, but... It's something you'd have have to go look it up. It's a a mask that Plague Doctors would wear back during Plague Times. It's really creepy looking. It looks like it's a mask with a giant beak. uh, Because the Plague Doctors would keep some sort of liquid in there, I guess. To, I don't, rem- I don't know the whole story. It's a real thing, but the mask itself looks really creepy. And he'll wear this mask with like an old-fashioned British top hat, and he'll wear like a big coat that usually has spikes and feathers on it because the mask looks like a bird. Uh, and he does a lot of like bird mannerisms and stuff, or at least he used to. I don't know if he does anymore. But the look is <laughs> actually really cool looking. Uh, That's awesome. So yeah, I I think that's a really cool look, and that's off the top of my head because I, I couldn't really think of anything that that stands out. Um, I'm trying to think if there's. And a... I, Go ahead. I do have one more who I'm just going to mention, and I haven't seen her on TV, but I have seen her at the live shows, and that's yeah. Lacey Lane, and that's oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. she comes out looking like one of the characters from. Mortal Kombat. I can't think of who it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has like the, like a yellow bodysuit on and thing around her mouth and like it's she's really cool. <laughs> yeah, she is. I enjoy that as well. Uh, she is in the Mae Young Classic this year. She already won her yes. first round match, so I'll be seeing oh, good. her. I like her again in the second round. Hey, you know what? Before we do the second one, real quick, do you have somebody yes. for worse dressed? Worse Some, dressed. Somebody whose outfit you don't think works for them. I just think I just think a lot of the dudes need to stop with the with the speedos like like uh, wear pants. <laughs> you're not a big you're not a big fan of the the speedo look, huh? I am not. 
not. I'm like, just be, I don't know. Like, Very I just traditional think there's just too many of them. Yeah. But there's just too many of them. I'm like, eh, mix it up. Yeah, it's a it's a very traditional look. Uh, and, but look, uh, Jacqueline, a lot of these guys work really hard on their leg muscles, and they need to show them off. And how, how are they going to do that if they're covered with pants? Um, I, I'm i going to just go ahead and say this, because uh, I was thinking about the reason I asked this of you was because I okay. wanted to say that I think Ronda Rousey has the, the worst gear. Really? Yeah. Oh. I know that they're trying to do an MMA look for her. Uh huh. Um, but here's one thing I noticed with her: like her top is fine, I guess, but she really seems to have an issue with her MMA biker shorts or whatever it is that she's wearing. I see her constantly picking these things out of various oh. parts of her body. Like it seems like it rides up on her a ton, and you see gotcha. her constantly readjusting these. Which is distracting when you're watching matches. It's it's one of those things like that guy who had Walker on his butt. You can't unsee it once you've seen it. And like gotcha. I, I, I'll sit there and be like, "This is the fourth time she's had to adjust her shorts in this match." Yeah, maybe she should get some new bottoms. Yeah, or maybe she should do something. And uh, they're also kind of plain. I don't know. Something mm-hmm. about it just doesn't. It, yeah, I don't know. It just. I like the entrance attire. I like the the Roddy Piper tribute thingy that she's got going on. Um, yeah. I like that. That's that's okay, and I understand the story behind that. But her actual in-ring gear seems kind of not flashy, and it seems to be kind of a problem for her. So, <laughs> I don't know. A, a small suggestion from somebody who has no idea what he's talking about as it relates to wearing women's clothing and being comfortable. It's just something, it's just, I have no expertise on this matter and I'm not claiming to. It just, from a viewing standpoint, it appears she's uncomfortable wearing these things sometimes. So maybe, maybe go for (laughs) like some, maybe go for some long shorts or some pants. Maybe, I don't know. Pants, pants would be good there. I think, uh, there you go. Uh, Stephanie staff who used to be, I don't know if she still is, but when, back when we had the premium stuff, she was staff Omegatron. So I'm sure any of the other. Uh, Cinema Geekly people listening to this right now will be like, oh, okay, I remember who that is. Uh, She's been listening for forever, and uh, she wants to know who has the best entrance music, and if you were a wrestler, what would your music be? Which is always a great question. It is. Um, So I'm again going to go to main roster for my favorite entrance music. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's Seamus. Oh, the what? The um, is it the bars? The bagpipes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard it's his old music? Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I have heard. Yes. And um, he's always had kind of like that ska bagpipe type stuff going on. Yeah. And I, I enjoy that as and, and as well as Sami Zayn. Like they're, they kind of have like similar things going on. I, or did anyway. I was always a big fan of Seamus's old music only because it would be fun to watch people try to figure out what the lyrics were. And then they would <laughs> make up fake lyrics like instead of too many lies it would be too many limes and then there would be lots of pictures of Seamus screaming with limes in the background that's Uh, awesome yeah a a tremendously fun song to interpret um I think there's there's this opinion that a lot of the music these days aren't as good as the olden days I feel like that's rose colored glasses talking I know there's a lot of iconic wrestling themes uh for sure but Mm -hmm. I like a lot of the music today some of it is generic, and I and I don't care yes. for it very much. But some of it, I think, works really good. Uh, 
some I'm trying to think of like some of my favorites. Um, I really like everything they've done with Nakamura's two themes. Uh, I liked his first song, and yes. I think I like the one with the Japanese lyrics even better. Uh, mm-hmm. Boy, that's really good. I mean, I really like Finn's theme song. Undisputed Era's theme song is really mm-hmm. cool. And those are ones without words to them. I just think right. they, I don't know, they fit. Something about them uh, fits with uh, the person. I know a lot of people are really in love with Bobby Roode's glorious theme song. I love to hate it. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's like okay. It's it's an <laughs> it's an okay song. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, another one that I really Sasha Banks theme song. I like her music. Uh, mm-hmm. Trying to boy that one boy you sounded really ho hum about that one. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not a big Sasha Banks fan. Like in general. <sighs> I know. For shame, Sorry. you don't like the bo- well. Like I, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't know because I haven't watched enough of it to know <laughs> if she's doing good or not. I'm gonna presume she hasn't been doing great lately. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't watch it religiously either. She used to be unless awesome. Seamus's entrance music comes on because then I'm. I mean, I'm, I loved I'm Bailey's theme the song bu- too because the it reminded me of like a Nickelodeon TV show. Yes, like it could be the theme song to like Clarissa explains it all or something. I mean, <laughs> Uh, which is dating me horribly, but I don't care. Uh, you know, so the, I, I like a lot of the music now. Uh, if you were a wrestler, what would your yeah. music be? I think this is a real question here. Yeah, so I thought long and hard about this one. and Because mm. uh, your music definitely like just defines what kind of wrestler you are, right? Like you're a good guy yeah. or you're a bad guy. It sets the tone. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Asshole by Dennis Leary. I'm going to do a whole, like, like Elias type entrance. Wait a minute. Asshole by Dennis Leary? You know it's the best entrance song. I, you know what? If if you gave me a million guesses, I don't think I would have guessed I'm an asshole by Dennis Leary. So, What was your, now, okay, now I'm, now I'm intrigued. I need to know, like, what's your gear going to look like? What's the entrance going to be like? I don't know. Actually, it's kind of a slow song. I thought it would be fun, but I also think like Bullet with Butterfly Wings by Smashing Pumpkin would be more realistic. That's also <laughs> a very good song, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. I, too, went with yeah. Ridiculous for, for mine. Fair. <laughs> uh, because uh, I I feel like the whole idea of me being a wrestler on its head is uh, ridiculous. <laughs> As somebody who As somebody who grew up wanting, like, as somebody who grew up in love with it, Right. Uh, I'm one of those weird kids, like, who didn't want to be a wrestler. Like, <laughs> the thing that I was fascinated and obsessed by wanting to be, I wanted to be the guy that played with the toys. I wanted to be the guy who, like, wrote it yeah. or or booked it or whatever. I wanted to be the guy who created the stories. I've always been, like, a storytelling huh. guy, so okay. I never wanted to be the wrestler guy. Um, I, I love wrestling, but I was... I think I recognized from an early stage that it's not something I could really pull off. Um, <laughs> okay. So using that as a theme for the ridiculousness, um, I, I I am choosing for my theme music, uh, We Belong by Pat Benatar. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, I think it's a, on its face, uh, absolutely ridiculous theme for somebody who wants to come out and pretend to beat somebody's ass. 
Uh, oh God! And also, it's a tremendous song. So it's uh, true. I uh, I feel like it's a for me. It's it's like a win win situation. It's a can't miss for me. Uh, yeah. it, it would serve my character, which would be uh, ridiculously unbelievable as a pro wrestler. Uh, so <laughs> I would have a ridiculously unbelievable theme song for a pro wrestler as well. Yeah, yeah, and and so would you like dance down the down the the ramp? Okay, I so, feel like you gotta like. Okay, so <laughs> I'm I'm not a coordinated <laughs> man. So okay. dancing would not be my strong suit, but Fine. because here's how I envision this: because of the nature of the song and the emotions behind it, mm-hmm. I feel like I could approach people on you know either side of the barricade, uh, gently you know hold their fingertips in my hand, and we can sway a little bit as we oh. both sing the song together. Because everyone knows it. Yeah, we belong to the light. We belong to the thunder. <laughs> I mean, we'll sway back and forth and sing it. Uh, you know, on- beautiful. honestly, if I'm being honest with you, there are portions of the wrestling world where I would be a gigantic megastar doing that because there are <laughs> wrestling is beautiful in 2018. There are, it's like Baskin Robbins out there. There are many flavors for whatever you like. If you like ultra violent stuff that, you know, they put yeah. on like faces of death, you can watch that. That stuff is out there. If you like right. pure comedy or goofiness, there are promotions built around utter silliness. Uh, there's this tiny little promotion called Old Wrestling, old spelled with an E at the end, where all of the people are like caricatures from like vaudeville and stuff like oh, that. Lord. There's like an evil mayor and it's super silly. And they all dress up uh, in, you know, they don't have steel cage matches. They have like caged they have like caged fence matches or something like that they, oh they tr- I, i'm gonna this. They, they treat it like old timey days uh, i so, love it there's <laughs> a lot of weirdness out there so i guess if i'm being 100 percent honest there are places where this would actually probably earn some money uh <laughs> it seems silly but yeah that's what i'm going we for. would be accepted in some sort yeah yeah <laughs> That's, uh, that is the weird truth of it. Um, all right. Uh, that's the show for this week. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com. Check out the archives. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Just search for What Comes NXT and hit subscribe. And, uh, that way you can talk about what will surely be a less exciting main event next week, Jacqueline, as... Uh, the man who does not do much for you, Lars Sullivan, <clears throat> takes on the man you despise, EC3, next week on NXT. <laughs> <laughs>